Tune in to the hottest sports talk show on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us weekdays at 7 p.m. Stories about players and coaches of all levels. We make it easy to talk sports. Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. I am your host, Brittany Jones, alongside my wonderful co-host, Miss Princess Cooper. Hi, Miss Princess. How are you today? Doing really good, Brittany. How about you? I'm doing good. The weather is so nice. It's spring season, <laughs> which is my season, guys. I'm loving it, loving it. <laughs> Amen. Me too. It's nice just to have a beautiful day and the weather's not hot, hot, just a little bit of, you know, wind and cool and just a beautiful day. I love it too, Brittany. Exactly. And no nine tornadoes like they reported recently that happened up here. What kind of nonsense is that? I've never (laughs) been up here my entire life on the East Coast and we barely get one a year. What is nine in one day? (laughs) Yeah, an evolution of time, Brittany. (laughs) An evolution of time with the way the weather. It snowed in 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 California for two straight weeks. The evolution of weather for sure. Yeah, they definitely got our weather during the entire winter, and we got I don't know what type of weather. It wasn't that cold here all winter. It wasn't that cold. But those nine tornadoes can't happen. I almost had a heart attack. I, I can't deal with that. Mm-mm. If it continues, I'm going to have to move somewhere else. <laughs> All right, Princess, you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready to do it, Brittany. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So I know these games happen over Sunday and Monday. And I'm talking about the NCAA March Madness National Championship games. But our show is on a wonderful day of Thursday. And, yes, we're going to talk about it. Okay, because yeah. our people didn't get to hear our opinion yet. So, <laughs> first I want to get into the men's side. So, we had number four UConn took on number five San Diego State in the NCAA National Championship. Um, UConn ended up defeating San Diego State 76-59 to to become the 2023 men's college basketball champions. What were your thoughts on this particular game, Princess? My thoughts are is that I really didn't pay UConn any attention until March Madness started. Um, I don't think I watched maybe one or two games in regular season, and I know they went through, you know, a two- or three-game streak where they lost, so I didn't give them much credit. But everybody kept talking about them, so I had to perk up. Um, This matchup, I expected UConn to win since they were – going through the tournament and winning by almost 20 points. So I said, well, you know, maybe this is a championship for them. And I thought if San Diego State exhausted all of their emotions against FAU in their final four matchup um, and winning on the last in, in the last two seconds on a winning bucket. So I, I thought it panned out like um, – like I expected, although the unexpected has happened all season long, and especially in March Madness. So congratulations. I think this is number five by UConn. Um, I like their coach, Hurley, for sure. And and let's see where they go with this. Can they repaint next year? Because I don't think they lose much, maybe one one player. Um, I heard, and I don't want to go too far, Eric Scott last night say someone asked, if they were a dynasty. Um, And the answer was, can they really be a dynasty if they're not the top team, basketball team on their campus because of what the UConn women have done? But congratulations um, to the men. Well done. And I would have loved to see my Florida Gators get to the tournament and win by almost 20 in every game. I'm not sure if they're a dynasty, if they will be. I have to see next year. We'll see next year, next season, what happens. Um, If they get close to or winning again next year, then we can have that conversation. But like you said, Princess, UConn, the men's side tends to be a forgotten team because we're so focused on the women's side. Um, You know, with Gino, you know, it started before, a little bit before Maya Moore, but I know Maya Moore, when she was on that team, it really propelled 
them into that dynasty status. Um, but I, we never really pay too much attention to to the men's side. So maybe this is them saying, hey, we are here. Don't forget about us as well. So, but my thoughts on the game, um, at first I wasn't really, I was like, UConn and San Diego State, what? <laughs> I don't want to yeah. watch this game, <laughs> you know, because we're so used to the Dukes, the Kentuckys, Kansas, Ohio State, yeah. so forth, so forth, so forth, um, UConn. But San Diego State, uh but, you know, actually, I had a feeling UConn was going to win this game, but I actually went for San Diego State. I thought they would play much better defense because I love how they played against, um, prime example, Alabama. I even love how they played against their last game where they almost lost, but they hit that buzzer beater, defensive side of the ball. I said their defense could potentially carry them. But UConn was just too too much. It was really too much. Um, they were making all types of tough shots. Um, and then throughout the, the the tournament, you realize how good of a team UConn really is, um, how good of a team or how how many good shot makers that they have on this particular team. And UConn just said, you know what, we are the better team. And like you said, congrats to them. It, it, was, yeah. it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And I will say this about the men's side. I'm still interested not to change the subject, but can they get away from the two halves? Why is everybody else four quarters and they're still two halves like they play in elementary school? I don't know if I'm the <laughs> only one that has an issue with this, but I have an issue with this. You should have four quarters. It's, you can't really go to the pro level. It's time to change that around. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's confusing to me every year when college basketball starts because you see the women go first, second, third quarter. And then I watch a men's game, and, and then I'm like, okay, is this the second quarter? But I see that two there, and that actually means this is the second half. So I agree with you. There needs to be some consistency there. Either go four quarters or everybody go two halves. But I'd like to see the men's go ahead and, and get back to – I don't know, consistency. And they're the only ones out there, you're correct, that do that. Exactly, exactly. But now, guys, it's time to talk about my favorite side. And I don't care anybody <laughs> says, I'm always going to pick women first. I am a woman. What do you expect? We run the world, like Beyonce said. Uh, <laughs> if you disagree, Thank I you. <laughs> but now we're going to talk about, uh, what's the numbers? Number three, LSU versus number two, Iowa. This game to me was the game of all games with over 12 million people watching. I think they said it was an yeah. average of 9 million. Um, what an incredible game. I think they said the, the viewership um, had more games than the average NBA – or, I'm sorry, more, more people watching than an NBA game, which is amazing. That means women's basketball is climbing, and hopefully we're going strong. Um, but we had number three LSU – defeated number two Iowa in a 102-85 victory to become the 2023 Women's College Basketball Champ. Princess, what were your thoughts on this particular game? Um, They were pretty petty, (laughs) Brittany, because I was still sulking. I was still sulking about um, the, the Gamecocks losing, and I say that as a devout, serious, committed born and raised Gator fan, but I've really taken to um, the Gamecocks women's team and Dawn Staley herself. I really root for her and the team. So once that happened, um, I had to adjust my sails and and convince myself that I needed to watch this game. Um, And I didn't expect uh, LSU to win. I really thought that Kitty Brooks and Virginia Tech, especially with their length um, in post positions, that they would win. So um, I, I picked the exact opposite. So here we are with LSU and Iowa. And I'm pretty sure, despite how I feel about Kim Mulkey on some other levels, which has nothing to do with sports, I think she has a winning formula, and that played out. Mm-hmm. And those ladies got hot. You know, um, as Duck Riley said, the West Virginia transfer Jasmine, who was five of five um, from three-point line and two – of three from behind, you know, from two points, and had herself 21 points in the first half. And they were smoking hot. And I think that's how you beat Iowa. Um, you know, congratulations to them. Still, you know, uh, Caitlin Clark scored over 30. 
she got hers, but the fact that LSU came out so hot um, really proved that that's how that's one of the ways to beat them, and they kept that that up in the second half too. Um, a couple of key points is, is that now we have LSU Angel Reese. I thought wasn't the key factor in points, but overall she was an overall presence on that floor, and one of the reasons that they won. Um, but those mm-hmm. young ladies, I think Ross and then Jasmine, I don't know Jasmine's last name, they were hot, and they were hidden, and I think that is what was also one of the key points. And Iowa looked confused, and to see them go from, you know, South Carolina and how they made South Carolina look confused to this, maybe they expended a lot of um, energy and emotions, and that's what they had. Congratulations. Um, in her second year at LSU, going into the season with nine transfers, Kim Mulkey did nine transfers from the portal. She wins herself a national championship. You'd have to say that the landscape of women's basketball has changed, and I agree with you, Brittany. I'm a woman, too, so I cheer for our women. And for them to peak at 12.9 million viewership, um, the most that have watched a college basketball, men or women, on ESPN this year. Congratulations, young lady. Everybody's talking about women's basketball. How about that, Brittany? That is amazing, and you have no idea how long I've been waiting for this, to hear this. Yes. I wish I was in high school and played basketball right now, because this is the best time to play basketball as a young young lady. By far the best time. When I was growing up, you went to college, maybe got a scholarship, and that was – really it. I mean, you may want to go to the WNBA, but a lot of girls decided not to go because you got paid more money (laughs) working elsewhere than you did in the WNBA, but now the times are changing. So soon these WNBA players will be making almost a million dollars or maybe in the millions soon if this keeps going, and that's exciting. Now you have NIL deals. Um, I know Flaw J. Johnson, who's with LSU, she signed with Puma, I'm pretty sure Angel Reese signed somewhere as well. So excited, and I and I just can't wait for this to continue to blow up. So I'm really excited, and it's showing that people appreciate quality basketball. I love yeah. watching the NBA. I love watching the men's college ball. But if you want good, fundamental, quality basketball, you have to watch the women. They play the game right, the right way how it's supposed to be played. Exactly. You know, and I've heard a lot of people say, wow, um, Caitlin Clark shoots like Steph Curry. Well, no, maybe she shoots like Candace Parker. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we we don't have to be patterned to that. And I did want a side note here. I heard Candace Parker um, talking in an interview with with Draymond Green, and he has a podcast, and this may be a little offside, but she said this is year 16 for her, and she's with the Las Vegas Aces, and this is the first time she's had a locker. First time she's had a locker with her name on it wow. that was secure, that she could lock and know that her stuff was going to do, and she used a different word. Her stuff was going to be there when she got. She said she's 16 years in with two national championships, and it's the first time she's had a locker. We have got to pay more attention to women's sports, invest more into it, because obviously there's an excellent product and excellent athlete on the court giving us a good game. I'll say this. There's a reason why other countries pay attention to women's sports. It needs yeah. to happen here as well because they could go overseas and make a lot of money, you know. Yeah. Um, and so unfortunately what happened to Brittany Griner, but that's why she went overseas because she knew she makes, she can make more money over there than she makes over here and probably play less games over there. Um, yeah. yeah, Brittany, I want to go off and ask you something because they asked mm-hmm. – um, Kim Mulkey about this again after the national championship and asked if she had talked to Brittany Griner, and she said no. And I realized that they didn't end their um, relationship on a good note. You know, after winning the national championship with Baylor, um, that is when Brittany Griner came out and said that she was gay, and she said that she felt um, – gosh, what was the word she used? But confined, I guess, because mm-hmm. – um, Kim Mulkey wouldn't allow her to talk about her sexuality and that she was gay because she was at Baylor and she didn't want to ruin her recruiting. So they have not had a good relationship. And Kim Mulkey admitted that she has not called her since she's been back 
and she still hasn't talked to her. Your thoughts about mm-hmm. that? You know, and I know that may be a negative, but that's eye-opening to me that that's where we are, and I, I hope they get a chance to fix that. I hope they do. Um, I'm hoping that they both were able, especially Kim Mulkey, was able to grow. It's kind of like, I don't know how old Kim Mulkey is, but that kind of reminds me of your grandparents. You know, they're stuck yeah. in these old, and she's from the South, and my grandparents are from the South. So they're stuck in these old Southern ways, um, mm-hmm. and then eventually they do grow. Now if I talk to my grandmother, she's like, hey, who you love is who you love. I don't care if you gay, straight, whatever. I just know that I love you. Because eventually, you know, they're saying, you know what, this is the new way, and we now have to adapt with the times. This is just what it is now, although it takes them a lot longer. So I'm hoping that happens with Kim Moki. But at the time, I probably would have said she was in the wrong. You know, it, you know, you should allow your players to be able to freely express themselves and feel comfortable. Um, but now, just trying to look from it from my grandparents' point of view, although, you know, my grandparents are African-American, so it's so different, but they're still from the South, right? So mm-hmm. she's Southern. Of course, she's white, though. We're black. So it is a little different in that aspect. But on their 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 their, their, their perspective on homosexuality, it was probably all the same. So I'm, I'm hoping now she looks at it from a different perspective. I recently seen Kim Moki in the – and a, a TikTok video with her players, and I know some of those players aren't all straight, um, and I'm pretty sure she's well aware of it. So just to see her enjoy her time with them, they look like they were having fun and loved her. So I'm hoping she's growing up and she's adapting just like our grandparents did, did do as do now. So. Yeah, and, and on the other side, let me give Kim Mulkey some credit because she had a wide – spectrum of personalities on this team this year. And it seems like she gave them the opportunity to be themselves, express themselves, Mm -hmm. have their own personalities, and still be successful enough to win a national championship. You got to give her credit there because there were a lot of personalities and they did their own thing during introduction, during the game, after the game. Your thoughts about that, Brittany, before we go move on. Yeah, and, and that's and that's and that's what I'm saying. You know, she she seems like she's growing. You know, regardless of age, everybody grows. You know, I'm 30. I'll be 33 actually at the end of this month. So exciting. Um, and I'm still growing. I hope I'm still growing. If I stop growing, it's a problem. So that just shows Kim Mulkey's growth, and I think more of her understanding that I need to be more in my loving side versus just stuck in my old ways that doesn't matter anymore you know how i used to think is no longer how the world is and you see that coming across on her players and that's when i kept saying i don't know if you remember me saying princess i was like lsu look like they're having fun they are having fun from the coaches to the coaching staff to the players and it's just it just spread across and i said i would not be surprised um, if they're in that final four and if they're in a national championship game and that was one of the main reasons why i went with them I thought it would be South Carolina, but my other team was LSU in the finals. I've seen that. I've seen the happiness. I've seen the excitement. And I was like, I don't I don't know why people didn't like Kim Mulkey, because I don't follow Kim Mulkey a whole lot, like a lot of people do. Um, and maybe it's a political side. Maybe it's Southern. I'm not exactly sure. But what I've seen from her, from me not really knowing who she was in the past, I was like, I don't get it. I, she looks like she's having fun, but – from what you told me with the Brittany Griner situation, I do understand, but I like to see that she's changing and she's willing to change. Yeah, yeah. And, and Brittany, that's where mine comes from, the political side. And I really try not to have my political views all over the country or even on radio. I try to stay out of that. But her statement and her continued statements of, you know, Donald Trump is the best president to ever live and the best president we've ever have had, mm-hmm. and to continue down that, that he she felt that he won and did not lose against Biden. I'm surprised that more don't know about it or seen some of that, and that, mm-hmm. you know, she's continuing to get who she wants in recruiting and in transfers. That means that she's able to compartmentalize some of that stuff and let her African-American young ladies be just that um, with yeah. personality and talent. I got to give her credit on that on that front, yeah. you know. Well, this is what I'll say to that. 
part of it. Um, I am on the East Coast, so we might not get a whole lot like you guys do in the South. You know, it's different up here. We don't get a whole lot of that information. But even great coaches yeah. don't always have the most common sense. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But I still like her. I still like her. We're going to keep that nice. <laughs> we're going to keep that one nice. Uh, but, Princess, we're going to move on now. Uh, oh, by the way, I thought the game was great. I rooted for LSU. I was all in on LSU. I'm happy LSU won for Iowa. Uh, Caitlin Clark absolutely did her thing. She's a fantastic player. I thought LSU won in the turnover battle and that rebounding battle. They completely out-rebounded Iowa. Um, LSU out-rebounded Iowa. Um, But I'm really excited for the future of both these teams. I will say this to Iowa, since we're talking about certain things. I need a little bit more black people on that team. I did not see one. Um, it was one black girl. <laughs> just had to see was the lightest black girl you will ever find in the world. But I had to give him credit because she is still black. Um, can we get a little bit more color on that bench? Because something ain't right here. Like, what, what's going on? We were talking about Kim Moki. We need to talk about Iowa. What's going on? Like, uh-uh. But that's another <laughs> topic for another day. All right, Let's go on to Iowa, it. Brittany. Who wants right, to go to Iowa? Get... <laughs> Yeah, you got a point. It is, like, out there. Nobody wants to go out there. Uh, yeah. But after the game, First Lady Jill Biden invited both teams to the White House, and did that did not go well with many players on both teams, actually, and in the Twitter world. Um, I don't know if Jill Biden canceled. This became a part of the cancel, cancel culture, but we'll find out later. Princess, do you think both teams should go to the White House? No, and I think Jill Biden needs to be quiet. Um, you know, it, it, what are you really saying here, that the women's national championship game, LSU wins, but Iowa should come too because they played pretty good too, and they were they looked well, you know, and that's how she sounded. But what are you saying, that everybody should get a participation trophy? You know, and I'm glad that Iowa and Caitlin Clark came out and said, you know, LSU won. They're the national champions. And congratulations to them. They should be the ones to go there. I would love to hear that from the Iowa head coach, too. Man, I'm also glad that Jill Biden's um, communications director came out and said she was really just trying to congratulate Iowa and how well they play and congratulate both teams. No, that's not what she was doing. She mm-hmm. seemed to be saying in her speech that they both played so well. I hate, I want to see Iowa come too, you know, and she didn't even know that she was wrong and how out of order she was. Um, And I love myself some Jill Biden, but I want her on this issue to be quiet. Yeah, I I agree. I'm like, Jill, you're doing too much. Come on now. You got to lose all the black votes up in this piece. And I'm going to say just this. Like, what are you doing? What what are you doing? <laughs> no. The winner goes. If LSU lost, then the LSU don't go. Iowa lost, so they get to sit at home and stay at Iowa University um, <laughs> and practice a little bit more. But it's all about LSU and, and them going. So I don't know if it's – and that could be part of it. I feel like that was a little bit of a cleanup by the by the by her PR department or communication mm-hmm. department saying, you know, both 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 uh, – Teams played great. I really think it was because of what happened throughout the Twitter world and the media world of it being a black and white thing somehow. Um, yeah. I think she was trying to create some sort of peace. But it's like, Jill, just stay out of that one. That will go away <laughs> within the next day or two. It's going to all, we're gonna, everybody's going to move on to something else. Um, but you need to focus on the winners, okay? They don't even go to the yeah. White House for another so many weeks or months anyway. Um, focus on LSU, but now LSU is like, we don't want to go to the Biden so else. We want to go to the Obamas. I'll say this. Go to the White House. <laughs> you, you go to the White House. I'm pretty sure we all want to go to the Obamas, or most of us do. We love them just as people. I'm not talking about the political side. I'm talking about people. Um, but it's the Bidens now, and please give them that respect of being the president and the first lady as of right now, and just go to the White House. Uh, maybe they'll have the Obamas with them. They're good friends, okay? They're great friends. So, but Jill Biden. You know, I like what you said. <laughs> She's doing way too much. I like what you said. Um, I think it was said last night. I'm not for sure, but someone said, "Would it? She had invited 
LSU if Iowa had won? That mm. question is out there, and I think she put herself in that position by weighing in uh, just a little too much. She should have said, congratulations, I was at the game. What an awesome game. Congratulations to the national champion. Not then, you know, I'm going to talk to Joe. I, I think both teams need to come. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Yeah, that okay. that is definitely an interesting one. Um, but you know what? I won't knock her too much because she is a fellow New Jerseyan. You know, um, the Philadelphia South Jersey area. She's not that far from that far from me, so I'm not gonna knock her too much. So, okay. <laughs> I still like you. You go I right ahead. Like I do but too, but <laughs> hush your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, before we head into our into our break, um, I do want to shout out. Because I didn't know this, Princess. I recently found out, what, a couple, a day or two after the NCAA championship that Angel Reese and I think it's Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins plays yeah. for the UConn men's basketball team, Angel Reese, LSU. They're cousins, and they both won the championship at the same time. I'm really interested to know how that family reunion is going to be or how, how that barbecue is going to be this summer. That's exciting. That is outstanding, and I'm right there with you. I didn't know until they brought that up Tuesday morning. Um, Angel Reese won national championship on Sunday. Hawkins won on Monday night. On Tuesday, they're talking about the connection. They interview him on Wednesday, and he said, we used to play against each other on the court all the time, and she would she would run me off the court. She, he said she was the better player, and I thought that was even neater to hear that. Um, that that's where she was in her game and how well he she would beat him. So, but congratulations in the next family reunion, whatever that's going to be, and I hope it's soon, maybe Memorial Day. Congratulations to you all. Um, that talking about keeping it in the family and Baltimore, right. the Mar- state of Maryland. Um, you guys got some some basketball players. Yeah, I, I definitely could see a a parade coming for the two cousins and then. Their family probably just going to have a, a barbecue just because, you know, both of them, they're going to celebrate with you guys. So we already have potential one in the NBA, and the other one is definitely going to the WNBA. So that's really exciting. Um, a lot of talented coming out of, like you said, the city of Baltimore or the state of Maryland. I don't know if there's actually from Baltimore. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of talent coming out of, coming out of that family. But hopefully we can get them two to interview together. We can see them interview together. And maybe they could tell us some stories like how I love to hear Cheryl Miller and Reggie Miller are those although those are siblings. Yeah. How they go back and forth. So that's definitely exciting. All right guys, yeah. we're gonna head into our break now. But when we come back, I wanna talk about Jalen Carter, um, and what his agent recently said. It's interesting. But I also wanna talk about track season. It is officially here and do a different segment called Three on Three. I'll get into that when we come back on the other side. But you guys are listening to She Knows Sports with Brittany and Princess right here. I never had it so good sports radio. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. We built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start, stance, hand placement, hand separation, get off, counter moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio with Princess Cooper, Tim Moore, David the Duck Riley, Jason Collins, Shoshana Cook, Brittany Jones, Travis McGee, Eric Scott, and Kevin Walker. We make it easy to talk sports. Welcome back, welcome back to She No Sports with Brittany and Princess right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Again, I am your host, Brittany Jones, here with my wonderful co-host, Miss Princess Cooper. And let's get back into it, guys, because I know we just took the whole half of the show <laughs> talking about NCAA <laughs> basketball. But it was important, it was a lot of fun, and we finally got and was able to got our opinion out and able to express that to our listeners on this show. But now we got to get back into the NFL because the NFL draft is coming up very, very soon. 
is actually the NFL draft always falls on my birthday weekend, which is always exciting to me. Um, and I'm going to talk about the guy we talked about previously, and that's the top defensive tackle or defensive line prospect in Jalen Carter from Georgia. So Jalen Carter's agent, which I believe is Drew Rosenhaus, if I, if I can remember, tells teams they are not taking meetings with any team outside of the top ten. Hmm. What are your thoughts on this, Princess? Um, I, I think it's a great marketing tool by Drew Rosenhaus, and he's always been um, that type of agent who's going to be on the edge. And um, that I guess that's way, his way of fighting back. You know, um, Jalen Carter's performance at the Combine left something to be desired. And I think he was put behind the eight ball with the sheriff's office back in Athens, calling him back the night he get, gets to the Combine. He has to fly back to Athens and then fly back the next day. So um, I think there was some stuff there. But Drew Rosenhaus is really trying to save this young man's um, draft status and to get him the salary he thinks he's deserved because I think he has the talent. Um, Unfortunately, he laid an egg at his own pro day, and that is a day where you get to have some slam dunks. You get to be, you know, um, the drills get to be run by an NFL coach that you really like or your own team, and we get to do drills that you want to do, and you um, pattern them out. You, you practice them out and, 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 and put them in a package. And um, he was out of breath and did not finish his drills at his own pro day. So I think Drew Rosenhaus is trying to say, hey, you know, you all can see he's going to fall to number 20 or he's going to fall out of the top 10. Well, let me just tell you that if your team is not drafting in the top 10, we're not taking any conversation. That's a bold move, but i got to say one that I'd never thought of, and I'm congratulating him for it, congratulating Drew Rosenhaus for that. And that seems to be something he's always done, um, been very on the edge and very much behind um, his players. Yeah, uh, uh, Drew Rosenhaus is a fantastic uh, sports agent. I mean, but there are also times where Drew Rosenhaus, he let his his <laughs> players down. We are very well aware of that. When they yeah. Uh, but there's a reason why players keep signing with him. They keep want they want him to be their agent because he they they know he is really going to put stress and pressure on these teams to give them their his players the best or his clients the best contract or the best draft position possible. Um, and I agree with you. You know, Jalen Carter laid a big egg at his pro pro day, which is supposed to be one of the easiest uh, practice days, if you really want to call it that. Um, so simple, smooth, but he made it look like <laughs> he was out there you know, trying to put together a railroad or something, working on a railroad because he was so out of breath and looked just so out yeah. of shape. So I think, like you said, this is Drew Rosenhaus just saving his client, trying to put the focus in the right direction, saying, hey, watch the tape. He is the best prospect um, in the draft. He is the most talented defensive line we have seen, defensive tackle we have seen in a very, very long time. Um, I understand that out the off-the-field situation He's going to come in and do what he's supposed to do, which they hope so. So I think that's what, what's going on. I think also the reason why he put that out there, Jalen Carter's first visit was with the Philadelphia Eagles, who sit at number 10. So I do not know this for sure, but I'm assuming maybe the Philadelphia Eagles said, hey, if Jalen Carter falls to us, we are going to take him for sure. So maybe that was Drew Rosenhaus' thing. Or maybe he's just doing smoke screens left and right. I'm not exactly sure, so teams could be willing to trade up. But I do know Jalen Carter has fallen off a couple of teams' draft boards within that top ten. So I do think that's what Drew Rosenhaus um, uh, is doing here. He's just trying to say, hey, we spoke with the Eagles. The Eagles said they'll, they're definitely going to take him if he falls. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting draft. It's going to be an exciting draft. That would be my dream come true as an Eagles fan. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he'll get there, but that would be my dream come true. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask is if he falls to number 10, um, is would you be disappointed if the Eagles passed him by? 
I would. I absolutely yeah. would. He is the talent that we need. We just let Javon Hargrave walk. He got paid a boatload yeah. of money from the 49ers. And I understand he was older. We're trying to get younger. We have Jordan Davis. We still got Fletcher Cox. Jalen Carter with a Jordan Davis and a Fletcher Cox. Oh, my goodness. Those primary Jordan <laughs> Davis, those two big bodies in that middle, that is scary to go up against. Um, that is very, very scary to go up against. And both their talent, especially Jalen Carter. I also think we have the culture in our locker room to help Jalen Carter overcome whatever off-field issues and to make sure he stays focused. Um, and that's why it was big for Howie Roseman to get a lot of those veteran leaders back into that locker room that he was able to do this past this this off season. So yes, I would be very upset to answer your to answer your question. <laughs> well, let me just say this, and I don't want to get too away. The, the, the Panthers are number one; they're looking for a quarterback. The Houston Texans yeah. are number two; they're looking for a quarterback. The Cardinals are are they putting all their money in Kyler Murray? Then they are looking for a defensive person because that young man I can't remember his name just retired. Um, yeah. So well, does, Anderson they, would probably be their pick. There you go. Okay. So then the Colts are looking for a quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. They're either talking Levitt or if C.J. Stroud is there. Um, Bryce Young, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking that already two are gone off. And then there's Anthony Richardson. The Seahawks are looking for, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the Seahawks do at number five. The Detroit Lions, I would be very surprised if someone's taking Will Anderson, that someone that doesn't doesn't go, Jalen Carter. And then you have the Las Vegas Raiders, I have no clue. The Atlanta Falcons, I would assume they've named Desmond Ritter their quarterback for the future, so they're looking for some weapons. And then here come... Um, the Chicago Bears again. The Chicago Bears could get a quarterback and a defensive player. I just doubt at ten. I know for sure though, the Philadelphia Eagles have not disappointed me in the moves that they made the past. If Jalen Carter is there, I would think they would pick him too. For sure. Yeah, I think they'll pick him if he's there. I don't think he's going to fall that far. I would be if he falls that far or far far enough where they could go up and grab him. Um, I would be highly, highly surprised. I understand the off-the-field issues, but, again, this guy's talent is ridiculous. So he just has to stay yeah. focused. Um, if not, yeah. I can see that Philadelphia Eagles trading back to get a player. Um, but my prayers can still be answered, Princess. So don't <laughs> spoil them for me. I'm not going to spoil them. <laughs> if he guy. is there for the number 10 pick, I'm calling you, and I want to hear you <laughs> while this draft is going on. But that would be a great pick. Uh, that would, and, and he has – you're right. The one thing that I love that you just said is that that locker room, that team, the Philadelphia Eagles, is exactly what he needs. It's settled. Um, there's a lot of leadership there. Mm-hmm. And he can settle in and be mentored and be a really good NFL football player. Yes, yes. So I'm hoping for the best. But, guys, again, um, the NFL draft is, I believe it starts April 27th. I think it goes from April 27th to April 30th, if I believe. Uh, no, wait, that's too many days, April 29th, because it's only three days, April, right? So yes, April 27th, 28th, <laughs> and 29th. Yeah. 29th. My birthday is on the second day of the draft, so I'm excited about that. And wow. I'll be back on my birthday. Uh, okay. <laughs> so please check that out and know what your team is. Who? Just watch who your team's going to uh, uh, pick. I know it's a long – day two and day three are the two longest days. So, hold on. <laughs> Hang in there. Hang in there. But, all right, guys, we're going to change up time. It is springtime, guys. And you know what that means? Track season is officially upon us. I'm so excited. <laughs> Pin relays are right around the corner. I live right in that area. <laughs> um so it is the, some of the most exciting things every single year. That's all we hear about. That's all that shows up on our TV. Buy tickets, buy tickets. I don't know how it is for anybody else in any other part of this country. But here, that's all that flashes across our screen. Princess, I have to ask you, do you have any favorite track stars currently? And who was your favorite track athlete growing up? You know, um, I don't think that. 
and and there the Florida relays is is a big deal um, at the University of Florida and a big deal and University of Florida. I'm going to go ahead and do a West Virginia toot like Duck does wins national championship indoor and outdoor. I, I think last year they won both um, indoor and outdoor men and women national championship. If I'm not mistaken, this year I think they came in second or third. But yes, I do. I anticipate it. I do watch. Um, I have some um, Grant Holloway, who um, is the son of gosh, Coach Holloway, that is the head coach of track and field at University of Florida. He came on the scene professionally last year, um, maybe the year before with the Olympics, um, broke the record in the 60 meters, is a heck of a 110 hurdler. So that's one that I follow for the most part. I don't know if I get into a whole lot of the women because the 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 talent is still in Jamaica. I'm looking to see what a couple of players, um, tractors are doing out of LSU and from Florida. Um, and my favorite from New Jersey is Sydney McLaughlin. Um, I just fell in love with her at the World Track and Field Meet um, last year. And I, I love her demeanor. Um, I love her class, but also the fact that she um, um, broke the record, I think, in the 400. Um, so that is one that I like. Growing up, um, or I guess, you know, in, in my middle adult ages, you know, um, gosh, um, I, I watched a lot. I don't know if I had a favorite, um, but all-time Flojo, for sure, all-time. Mm-hmm. And um, She was just an influencer when, it, when that word wasn't popular to be um, an influencer, and she was. And I, um, I know that men were like, okay, let's see what she got on. But to me, it was everything. It was the presentation. It was her confidence. It was how she, and I think she, you know, was gone or left us real too soon. Um, and then, you know, coming in again, adulthood, Allison Felix was another one, um, you know, on that side. I don't know if there were any Americans, the one that kind of stole my heart from Morehouse College, Edward Moses. I remember some of that. Um, but track and field is probably not one of the major sports that I look forward to, but I've gotten there maybe in the past five or six years. Yeah, um, I love just just to go back to to what you said about currently favorite Cindy McLaughlin. Absolutely, to learn that she was from New Jersey, I was excited because <laughs> um, I represent yeah. two places: New Jersey, specifically South Jersey, guys. North Jersey, South Jersey is different <laughs> in Philadelphia. Because um, we call it the Philadelphia area, that's basically where South Jersey is, <clears throat> where I live at. Um, but Cindy McLaughlin, absolutely. I also love Gabby Thomas because she's coming up. Um, she's such a great athlete. Um, and I have to give it to the white girl, uh, Abby Steiner, I believe that's her name. That girl can run. She's an incredible athlete as well. She hasn't quite won anything yet, but I still love her skills and her talent. Um but for me, growing up, Allison Felix, although she's not that much older than me, she's still older than me. I loved her when she came out. I also love Sonya Richards-Ross. Um, I think she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist as well in the 400 meters. Um, so she's right before Allison Felix. Um, and Flo Jo is my all-time favorite. I wasn't born when she was running, but my mom mm-hmm. was a true track person. Um, and she turned me on to Flojo. I used to watch her tape over and over and over again. Um, and she started the whole nails with the hair and the stylish yeah. clothes. So she was the one that started that. So when you see the Shikari Richardsons and all of those, the long hair, that's Flojo's influence right there. And then I know we don't talk about this because she got caught. But before we knew it, I used to like Marion Jones. I really did. Oh, it was unfortunate yeah. that she, I guess, cheated in a way. But before we knew all that, I was loving me some Marion Jones. She was a, a talent of all talent before we found out about the steroids. But, hey, it is what it is. She was one of my favorites growing up also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember Marion Jones, and I remember when she got married. I remember, you know, when she was released from from prison. So, and and living, you know, a quiet life um, in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, I remember her. I also want to just go back and say, Flojo um, left us before she turned thirty. She was twenty nine. Mm-hmm. 
29. Mm-hmm. Um, way too soon. But, yeah, Mom and I are probably not that far apart in age, and um, Flojo influenced us for sure, for sure. Yes. Oh, and you got to give it to uh, her her sister-in-law, Florence. Um, no, that's Flojo. Uh, Jackie Joyner Coastley. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How big of a star she was. The fact that she had uh, – two sisters-in-law, and then Jackie Jordan Kersley's brother was just as big of a star, which was Flo Joe's husband, so they just yeah, kept it all in the family. As a matter of fact, I think the husband ended up coaching um, um, Flo Joe and um, Jackie Jordan Kersey yep. and his wife, who um, I, I graduated, well, no, she was a year behind me at high school, um, Jewel Miles, who was mm-hmm. a long-distance runner. But, um, yeah, they kept it all in the family for sure. And he became um, the the patriarch that really um, coached those young ladies. Absolutely, absolutely so. But that's what I'm looking to, forward to. I'm so excited about track season. I know it's not as big as football and basketball or baseball, but it's still a sport I love. And those, any young kids that want to get into sports, do track. It'll help you in other sports. Plus, you get to travel yeah. all across the world. All right, Princess, we're going to go into what I like to call three-on-three. Three. <laughs> this is strictly basketball, guys. We're going to do current players and NBA legends. So what this is is I'm going to say two teams. Uh, each team has three players, and you tell mm-hmm. me which team you think is better, of course, if they had, if they went up against each other. So okay. team number one, we have Shaquille O'Neal. Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson versus Hakeem Olajuwon, Kevin Durant, and Damian Lillard. Who do you have winning this matchup? Wow. I'm taking Shaq, Michael Jordan, and AI all day. I was a huge Allen Iverson fan. But not only can he dribble and have assists, he was deadly from the outside. He was deadly. And we know what Michael Jordan does. And then Shaq, um, I think, um, is more of a power player. Hakeem is more of a finesse player. I've never been sold on Kevin Durant. and um, But I would say ten, if they played ten games, that Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, and Shaq would win nine of them. Princess, we have to get you on Tuesdays, uh, the sidelines. <laughs> we have to, because you have to knock some sense into, into Jay. Uh, Jason Collins, that is, because he does not like Allen Iverson, and I don't understand it. I don't, I don't get it. Oh yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand. How do you not like? He to me, he's one of the best uh, 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 guards to ever play the game, or at least six feet. Ever six feet or play to ever the play game. the game. Yeah, he does not give him enough credit. I don't get it. <laughs> but okay, let me go back to who I say is going to win this matchup. Um, I agree with you. I'm going with Shaq, Michael Jordan, and AI. My, I mean, Michael Jordan's the goat of all goats. Let's let's be real. Um, he'll probably have his logo sooner or later. It's Jerry West right now, maybe in another 10 to 20 years, though. He's going to be the next guy. It's not going to be Kobe, guys. I was a Kobe fan just as much as everybody else. It'll be Jordan first. Iron Iverson, like I just said, the best pound for pound, at least six foot guard to ever play the game. If he was six foot six, you'd probably be comparing him to Michael Jordan. Um, and then Shaq, I, I think he will have some issues going against Hakeem Olajuwon, but he is such a powerful. He's the most dominant center that I knew um, during my time that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going with Shaq, Michael Jordan, and AI. Team two, or game two, okay. we have Magic Johnson, Dirk Nowitzki, and Tracy McGrady, very underrated Tracy McGrady, versus mm-hmm. your guy, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, my guy, and Larry Bird. Who you got? Wow. Now, see, you really messed me up with this one because I've been a Magic fan, I, I think, since um, I was in college. And I remember being in college and seeing him winning the national championship with Michigan State against Larry Bird, and I can't remember the team Larry Bird played for. Um, that's how long I've been a Magic fan. Um, and I didn't fall out of love when he went through trouble. He came on out on the other side. 
Um, and I think Tracy McGrady is underrated. Dirk, um, he's not going to do anything in the middle for you, but if you leave him outside, <laughs> he's going to hurt you all day. I said I want right. to say any team that LeBron is on, I'm going with them. And then Joel Embiid, I think Joel Embiid up against uh, a Dirk is, is a mismatch because I think Joel Embiid is a beast inside, but I think he can step out and hit a, hit a long-range jumper any day of the week. And then there's Larry Bird. And I didn't know Larry Bird was such a trash talker until, you know, just listening to, to everybody. But um, so you know what team I'm picking. I'm picking Bird and Embiid and Larry and and, and LeBron for sure um, against this team. I think, yeah, I'm definitely going that way. Yeah, I should have thought about the LeBron situation. But I'm going to agree with you on this one. <laughs> uh, no, I think, look, Magic Johnson, incredible point guard, six. Look, 10, 9, whatever he was, um, amazing for me. He changed what a point guard is supposed to look like. There you go. Um, but he wasn't the best shooter at all. Although, out of all these players, he's the only one that could probably play 1 through 5. Great. Yep. And well, no, LeBron can on his set, but LeBron can. But you're right. Yeah. I think Magic was forced to do that in two finals and did very well. And played, um, Kareem was out, played <laughs> played the center, and they won. So I agree with you. Yeah, well, and run. one of them was against my Philadelphia Sixers as a rookie where she won, but still, yeah. I wasn't even born then. But just the thought, I'm like, what is wrong with y'all? Um, but Dirk <laughs> Nowitzki, look, he invented, he patented that one, that one footed fadeaway jump shot, whatever it was, the kick in the air. We used to kick that little foot in the air uh, to create separation. Can't do it no more, though. Uh, but Tracy yep. McGrady, extremely underrated. Listen, guys, Kobe Bryant said this was the toughest player he ever went up against. He could not figure him out. As good as that team is, I agree with you. I do not think they could beat LeBron James, Larry Bird, and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is just too dominant and unstoppable. I've seen him the other game. He gets double, triple team, and he can't. He still drops 50 on you. LeBron is just incredible. He could do everything on the court. And Larry Bird is a great, fantastic shooter to play defense very well and invented some of this trash talking stuff that occurs going that occurs to this day. So I'm in agreement with you. All right, one or two yeah. more. Um and then I'll pass it off to you, Princess, to close out this great show. Um <laughs> next we have Wilt Chamberlain, my guy, Doctor J, and one of the greatest shooters of all time is Steph Curry versus the amazing Bill Russell. Your guy, LeBron James, and a crazy bad boys and Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, who you have won in this game. Um, Brittany, I grew up um, being in love with Dr. J, and um, and I, I still am today. So he, he's like my NBA husband for sure. But Wilt Chamberlain, Doc, Dr. J, and Steph Curry, um, even though my guy is on the other side, I'm, I'm going um, Wilt Chamberlain, Dr. J, Steph Curry. Um, Deadly from the outside is Curry for sure. And I know I maybe should give Bill Wilson some credit, um, but I don't think Isaiah Thomas has the skill in the shot like Steph Curry. And um, I think Wilt, Wilt Chamberlain can neutralize Bill Russell. So it comes down to Dr. J against LeBron, Steph Curry against Isaiah Thomas. I'm going the first. Chamberlain, Jay, uh, Julius Irving, and Curry. Wow, we we really agreeing today. I wasn't thinking we were going to agree <laughs> so much. I really thought he was going to go with LeBron again and Bill Russell. Um, yeah, I I think Isaiah Thomas is good as he played. He played okay de- defensively, and he was su- he was a, such a talented playmaker. He can't. It's so hard to stop Steph Curry. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Steph Curry will live. Off those, he gets open. Doctor J come up, set a quick screen. He's getting that ball off fast. Um, I think if it's one on one, Steph Curry may struggle a little bit more because yeah. he's going up against a good defense. He doesn't have that screen set. It's harder for him to get open. Although he does have good handles, um, Will Chamberlain, I do agree, will neutralize Bill Russell. I just think Bill Russell back then had the better team. Although Bill Russell was fantastic, he was a great player. I just think Wilt was just a little bit better than him. Dr. J and LeBron, here's the thing. I would love to say Dr. J, he was my all-time favorite basketball player to ever play, and it was amazing I got to meet him. 
But Dr. J is not the best shooter. LeBron is a better shooter than Dr. J, which is easy to say, right? Mm-hmm. But because of the other two, I have to go with Wilt, Dr. J, and Steph Curry as well. I think they will beat. I think it will be a close matchup, but I think they mm-hmm. will beat the other team. Last one I want to go with, I'll go with the next one. We have Moses Malone, Ray Allen, Steve Nash versus the Admiral, David Robinson, Reggie Miller, and John Stockton, who you have. Wow. Now, now this one was tough for me. I mean, I've been looking at this one all day. But um, I'm definitely going to go David Robinson, Reggie Miller, John Stockton. And a lot of this has to do with Reggie Miller. Um, I, I think he's the ultimate three. He started, you know, what we see in three-point shots now and how deadly it can be. Um, Ray Allen is not that bad, too. I, I think David Robinson can handle his own with Moses Malone, but um, and, and, and I love me some Moses Malone. And John Stockton and Steve Nash, to me, is, is a wash, too. I, you know, um, I think maybe Stockton is a better shooter than Nash. But Reggie Miller sealed it for me on this team and the reason that I picked him. Normally, I probably would have went the same way on this because of Reggie Miller, especially that eight points in eight seconds. I still remember that, although I was younger, because <laughs> um, it was definitely in the 90s, and I was a, a baby in the 90s. But I'm going to go the opposite direction on this. I agree. I think Steve Nash and John Stockton is a little bit of a watch. Steve Nash may have been a little bit better of a shooter than John Stockton, I do think. Um, so he does get the edge there. The Ray Allen, Reggie Miller thing, I think Reggie Miller is better. I'm going to be honest. I think Ray Allen, the young Ray Allen, where he could do everything. The I can't think of the, the name right now, the name of the movie he did with Denzel Washington when he played Jesus Shuttersworth. Um, that Ray <laughs> Allen was a talent of a lifetime, but I still think mm-hmm. Reggie Miller was better. What comes down to me is Moses Malone and David Robinson. And I know most people say, oh, David Robinson. But people forget how physical and dominant Moses Malone was. Yeah. Um, There's a reason why he helped the Sixers win a championship. Without him, I don't think they won that championship. Moses Malone at that time was probably one of the most dominant centers in the league. Um, And he was – his physicality was just second to no one, second to no one at all. So because of that, I'm going to go with Moses, Ray Allen, and Steve Nash on this one. That's okay. Fun, princess. Well, I gotta bring. I know. Gotta bring some more of this to this. That we gotta bring fun. some more of that for sure. <laughs> when I saw that. Next, mm-hmm. next time I'm gonna do a WNBA version, a women's version of it. So I think that'll oh, be yeah. exciting. Let's do that. Let's do that. That was fun, Brittany. Absolutely. Now I'm gonna pass it off to you because I think you're the best closer on the show <laughs> ever. <laughs> All right, I want to give a shout-out to everybody this week. He's had a strong week of, of uh, radio podcasting. And Brittany and I, Brittany was on, on Sideline Speaks on Tuesday, and then she and I joined Eric and, and Kevin on Sports Talk with K-Walk and e, e. Scott last night. And then here we are tonight, she knows sports. It's the Masters, and Tiger Woods ended with a two-plus. Let's see what he can do tomorrow and how he can get under and make the cut. Um, my Lakers, four games this week. They won the first one. They lost to the Clippers last night, but they're still sitting in that sixth and seventh spot. Um, just a month ago, they were at, at number 11, so I'm feeling good about their chances to at least make a little noise in um in the NBA playoffs for sure. Let's see what happens. And then I want to see if if Cam Newton gets picked up, everybody. You know, they said there's nine teams out there that are interested in him as a backup. I hope he gets a second chance, whatever that means. I love second chances. I get that from Brittany Jones. We are going to be out of here. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. We enjoyed this. We hope you enjoy it. Make sure you listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google+. Um, and also, no, Google Podcasts, also tune in. We are out there on podcasting, and we love it. Everybody have a great evening. Brittany Jones, thank you for doing what you do. I couldn't do this without you. Absolutely, and that goes both ways. Awesome, awesome. All right, we're out of here. Brittany Jones, Princess Cooper, we'll see you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm.